Chapter 39, Thursday, December 26th through Tuesday, December 31st, 1776. In the army at present, merit is measured only by rank. Those who are high in rank are clever fellows, the low or small folk, and those who have none at all, like us, are poor devils. We are nobodies. We have nothing. Samuel Tenney writing to his friend Peter Turner about his frustration with the privileges of officers. Two days later, Sarah had me go with her to the fish market. Her back was hurting her fierce, and I was to carry the cod and halibut needed for a fish chowder. The market was crowded with folk whose cupboards had been cleaned out by the Christmas feasting, and Sarah muttered rude things. Her growing discomfort had put her in a constant temper. The cod was easy enough to purchase, but stall after stall after stall turned up no halibut. Sarah insisted that haddock or catfish would not do, so we marched on. The air was thick with the cries of the stall owners, promising the juiciest fish, the freshest fish, the fish fit for the king himself. Before dawn, I had made the trip to the tea water pump. I had not dared visit the prison or Captain Morse's tavern. I was still confuddled about what to do. My thoughts wandered. I did not realize that Sarah had moved ahead of me in the crowd until a great shout went up. An oyster seller's cart had overturned in front of the carp stall, and the two men were hollering at each other. The crowd halted, and I had no place to turn. Sarah's white cloth cap bobbed away in the distance as I looked for a path out of the crowd, but bodies pushed in from all sides to watch the two men arguing. When a hand grabbed my arm, I gasped. Apologies, just Sal, Captain Moore said as he released me. His eyes were tired, but his cheeks were flushed. My mouth gaped open like that of a fish breathing its last. I shook my head. He couldn't talk to me, in view of all. There was no mistaking what he was, dressed in that brown and white coat. I turned first one way, then the other, but bodies were packed around me tight as could be. Morris kept his eyes on the arguing men, but leaned his face close enough to mine that I could hear him whisper, We must talk. Sarah had realized I was no longer with her. Her cap stopped, then slowly started back toward us. Her husband was a British gunner. If she saw me talking to a rebel officer... Grow away, I muttered. I have news for my men. The oyster seller picked up a carp and shook it in the other man's face. The crowd laughed. Sarah plowed toward me. I beg you, Morse whispered. Please... Soldiers appeared on the edge of the crowd to restore order. Come up to the ca tavern. Yes, yes, I told the captain. I'll come this afternoon. Now go away. The crowd melted under the eyes of the armed soldiers. The carp seller was explaining the ruckus to a sergeant while the oyster seller reloaded his cart. Sarah kicked oysters out of her way as she approached. What in the name of all that's holy did you get to? She asked. I was trapped in the crowd, I said. I called, but you could not hear me. She grunted and handed me a small fish with glassy eyes. This will have to do. Halibut is rare as hen's teeth today. I settled it in the basket atop the fat cod and followed Sarah as she headed away from the market. We walked in silence for a few blocks, her concentrating on her huffing and puffing, me trying to figure if I dared go up to the tavern. 
The sky promised more snow. How long would Didbin wait before claiming, reclaiming Curzon's hat and blanket? We crossed the street. Miss Sarah, ma'am? I asked, sweet as honey. What is it? I chose my words with care. Has Madame Lockton said anything about me in your hearing? She tilted her head a bit as she looked at me. Aye, this morn, matter of fact, said you wasn't allowed to go to the blasted water pump. Said I should send one of the other girls, even though the sun not be up at that time of day, even though the streets be covered in ice. Sarah reached for my elbow as we trod upon a slick patch of cobblestones. But I like getting out, I said. I don't mind the chore. We reached a stretch where ashes had been blown onto the ice and the going was safer. I don't answer to her, Sarah, as she released my arm. I answer to the king's army. I'd be right pleased if you kept fetching the water. <laughs> Makes my life easier. She stopped and put her hands on her back, breathing heavily. Her baby belly was so big, she could have loaded it in a wheelbarrow and pushed it in front of her. She caught me studying her and gave a quick smile. The babe will come soon, she said. It'll be a joyous day, I said. I'll keep getting the water, but... But what? Could you please not tell, madam? Stressed, Sarah stretched to one side and winced. What she don't know won't hurt her. It's not like she's up at that hour anyways. After the midday meal... I contrived to overturn the pitcher that held the tea water, dumping it on the floor. You clumsy dolt! Hannah scolded as I knelt to clean the floor with rags. Don't be looking at me to trudge up there and get more for her high mightiness. Mary said from her chair by the window. She squinted and sewed another stitch. I've got to hem these britches before the light fades. I'll run up and fetch it, I say. Double time, I promise. Sarah gave me a good, hard stare, sensing she did not have the entire picture before her. It's your neck, she finally said. Mind she don't see you leave. I ran, I near ran up to the Golden Hill Tavern, my raw blisters hurting with every step. Captain Morse was idling on the porch, smoking a pipe. He disappeared inside when he saw me and was waiting in the alley when I reached it. Here. He handed me a loaf of bread. You made me come up here for this? I asked. Take it to Dibden, he said, fighting a smile. There's a note baked inside. A note? It contains wondrous news. He looked ready to jump out of his skin. Washington has beaten them. Sir? He clenched his fists and unclenched them. On Christmas night, the general led a surprise attack on Trenton. He beat the Hessians, killed a handful, and took more than 900 prisoner. Are you sure? I thought someone told him a falsehood. The British officers I knew were confident the American army was falling apart. Positively, he said with a grin. But won't that make the British mad? I asked. I truly hope so. I hope the king is so upset he jumps up and down on his crown. This war is not over, not by a long shot. I handed the bread back. I'll tell them the news, but I cannot pass a note. That could land me in jail. He shoved the loaf back at me. 
You are a serving girl delivering a tavern loaf to the starving prisoners. You don't know about the note. But why is it necessary? The men need to see my signature to know this is truth. They have endured so much, Sal. Don't deprive them of this chance to celebrate. It will strengthen their spirits. I pulled up the hood of my cloak to hide my face as I approached the prison. The commons was filled with drilling soldiers, much more than usual. Their officers barked commands with urgency. The men marched grim-faced, swords flapping against their legs, rifles bouncing on their shoulders. Perhaps the captain's news was indeed truth. I hurried behind the building to the right window. I stood on tiptoe and squished the loaf through the bars. Dibden's face appeared at the window. There's a note inside, I whispered. Tear into it carefully. I ran away before he could answer, willing my feet to move faster. I had walked a block south when an enormous roar erupted from the prisoner. Prison. Hundreds of throats cheering, hooting, hollering. Hundreds of hands clapping and feet stomping with joy. The noise was such that folks stopped what they were doing and ran out of doors to stare. The news spread from the prison as fast as it had spread from cell to cell. The rebels had attacked instead of running. The rebels had, had advanced instead of retreating. The rebels had won a battle. Folks could scarce credit it.